0: Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at 5starchemicals.com.
1: Doctor, look!
0: Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. you.
2: Yeah,
3: Welcome, everybody. It's another fine edition of Dr. Homebrew. On a lovely Thursday afternoon in Martinez. Well, actually, it's early evening, you know, late evening. It's 8 o'clock, but the sun's still shining, and that throws me... Early enough for Star Biggities to be closed, I heard. Oh, my God. Everything in this stupid town closes. It closes at, like, 6 o'clock. Starbucks closes at 7 o'clock. Shutters
4: go down. No wonder they start brawling at 8 out there. Oh,
3: you know, actually, those people are, uh... Those people, um... We've had some problems with the, uh, I wouldn't call them homeless, but the the, uh, less fortunate in Martinez. They like to stand outside the studio across the street and fight with each other. And they're back out there today, so I locked the front door. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Good old Martinez. Rent's cheap. And that's, you know, that's the main thing. Anyway, welcome once again to Dr. Homebrew. My name is JP, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, uh, Brian and Lee. How you guys doing? Hi. Hey. Yeah. Doing good. Hi. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is Dr. Homebrew. And what happens on Dr. Homebrew? Well, a lot of things. We drink a lot of beer, uh, but it's your beer. It's Homebrew. And uh, what you do is you contact me, and you send in your beer, and we get you on the show, and we judge your beer. And, you know, we, we say, what do you want to get out of this beer? That's, that's kind of our main question. And, and then you reply, well, handsome JP, I want to get a better score on this beer, or I have an off flavor, or, you know, I just want to share my great homebrew with you, and then we go okay, and then we we drink it and we judge it on the air, and we have you on as well. So if you're local or if you can be local and you want to come in the studio while we look at you in the eye and tell you that you got a twenty four on your beer, uh, that's fine too. Uh, you can call in also. It'll be a it'll be a good time. So shoot me an email if you're interested. JP at thebrewingnetwork dot The uh, this show could not be possible without our lovely sponsor. Five Star Chemicals. If you are a home brewer and you are not using Five Star Chemicals, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. If you're still relying on iodine to sanitize your 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 bucket, then we should have a long conversation off the air. But uh, uh, FiveStarChemicals.com. Check them out. Ask for them at your local home brew shop. Everyone's going to know what Five Star is. We all know PBW, Star San, Sandy Clean, Iostar, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Five Star Chemicals, check them out. They will definitely help make your beer outstanding.
5: We know the ones who don't use them because their buckets are all stained brownish orange. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, oh,
3: yeah.
5: Is there beer in there? No, it's just I just sanitized.
3: it. Here's twelve dollars Let me buy you <laughs> a new bucket. First of all, so that's what we got. We got Doctor Homebrew. Um, the main point of the show, I like to say, it's an interactive BGCP score sheet. So you can get you get to ask questions. Uh, I know we've all entered beers in competition that uh we don't really understand the score sheets well, this time the judges are here and they are master level judges, so they're not recognized like me they didn't get a sixty six on their uh on their written exam uh, They know what they're talking about, so uh hopefully you will too once we 're done with your beer, whatever that means. not entirely sure what that means. Uh, we have a couple beers going on tonight. one is an i p a and the other is a very interesting beer that I almost didn't take uh, as a submission, but uh, Brian uh, and Lee talked me into it. Uh, it's a double IPA with honey. Oh, yeah, we did talk him into this. You uh, did. It's your fault. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> um, it's uh, otherwise uh, known as a braggad, right, which is a, a meat and beer mix? Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, but I've never heard of a double IPA. That seems, that seems like, uh, well, I have half a batch of this and half a batch of this. Uh, how do I make this really good? I, I I don't know. I haven't had it yet. So um, I'm interested to try this one. I think this one will be, be a good one. So it's a, more or less an all-IPA show, which more and more we're getting of. We're getting more and more IPAs.
4: Yeah, we were thinking maybe we have to put in like a 25% one-in-four cap on IPAs or something <laughs> yeah. here, just so we get an occasional other beer. I would enjoy that. Just,
5: yeah, suggest just throw us a bone there once in a while.
3: I would like that a lot. Uh, All right, well, uh, we're going to take a break now, and then when we come back, we're going to have Scott on the line, and he brewed his IPA for us to drink here on Dr. Homebrew, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I really do need a beer. It's been a long day, so uh, stay with us, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew.
0: start treatment today
3: That's right, it is Dr. Homebrew, and on the line we should have Scott. Scott, are you with us, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing? All right, good. How are you doing, man? Oh, not bad. Thanks for sending your beer in, bud. I hope you like it. Well, we're going to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but first, how long have you been homebrewing? Uh, homebrewing probably about three years. Um, I kind of brew with a buddy. I've been kind of brewing with him for about two, and I've the last year... I've kind of been on my own. Uh, extract or all grain? Uh, only all grain. Never done an extract in my life.
3: Really? Yeah. And your buddy got you just right on the uh, the right path the first time, huh?
1: Well, yeah. yeah I watched him do it a lot and uh, thought it was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, he held my hand for a number of years, so that's kind of how I got going.
3: Oh, well, that's good. And so uh, only a good friend can hold your hand and brew at the same time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, is this your first attempt at an IPA?
1: No, no, I've brewed them for a while.
3: Oh, okay. All right. Um, And what are you looking to get out of of sending your beer to the handsome people on my left?
1: Well, I sent this one into a competition, and it did very well. Mm. It took third in a local competition, and I wanted to see if there's anything else I can do to improve upon it. I I have my own uh, ideas on what I think about the beer. I wanted to see what you guys say about it first. But um, I don't know, just overall feedback.
3: Okay. Third in competition. Uh, whereabouts is that?
1: Uh, Winchester, Virginia. They held their very first um, Hot Blossom uh, Craft Brew Festival. And along with that, they they ran a, a homebrew competition. And they, their expectations were about 100 entries. And they ended up with 206, which wow. I thought was pretty good for very northern Virginia. But the, uh,
3: the comp organizers were probably pooping themselves (laughs) you know that's always terrifying yeah uh well let's let's dive into the beer guys what do you think who wants to start lee why don't you why don't you kick us off with scott's ipa here
4: all right i'll kick you off scott's ipa (laughs) <laughs> actually, i don't think i'm gonna be able to pull you away from that thing it's pretty um, good yeah actually that was a good beer we both really all three of us really like that at least i assume all three of us since you're saying you like it huh? i do like yeah. it yeah yeah he and jp hadn't tried it before so uh i don't know start at the top go down here um a lot of piney citrusy in the nose it's pretty high not too high a little bit of uh some spicy and some sort of oniony dank notes in there too um and that was pretty much the nose not a lot of esters didn't cut through all the hops um, whatever was in there, but it was clean. There was nothing wrong with the ferment that I could pick up. Uh, a little bit of malt aroma in the nose, not that much, but you know it doesn't really need it. So it was. A, I th- thought really nice nose in this beer. Very kind of West Coast seeming um, IPA nose. It was very pretty beer. Poured a big head that just stuck around forever. A little bit of a light amber color. A little bit of haze in there, which is fine for this style. Although you know, if you're wondering why the difference between second and third you know they might somebody might still pull a half point or a point for having a little haze in there because they always look prettier without it even though it's okay to have it mm. um the flavor was good uh, again fairly high hops same sort of varieties i picked up before some malt flavor supporting that seemed to be a little caramelly toasty kind of malt behind there uh, mostly unobtrusive although it seemed to come out a little bit more in the finish fermentation seemed clean um, some lingering hop and malt flavor in the finish. Body was good. Carbonation was pretty good. Maybe a bit high, but mostly seemed good. Uh, nice and creamy. It's warming. Not really astringent. Bit of lingering alcohol warmth in there, though. I thought it might be a little high on the alcohol for an IPA, but maybe not that much. Basically, I thought it was well balanced. Very typical West Coast hop flavors. A pretty clean ferment. Um, balance um, was good. You know, it was bitter, but not over-the-top bitter. Um, maybe the toasty character or caramelly character of the malt was a bit strong in the finish. It might leave a little bit too much malt, malt in the palate, but I mean, it's, this is getting down to splinting hair, splitty hairs here. It really wasn't that bad. Um, and way at the very end when I was sampling this, I thought maybe I picked up a little bit of a catty note in the hops, but, you know, I'd already been drinking this for about 10 minutes at that point, so... It took that long to even show up, and it was, I know, threshold, so it was not a big deal. I, I gave this on the score sheet about a, uh, 41 points. I thought that was a really nice beer. Oh, thanks. Cool.
5: Yeah, I agree with Lee there. Uh, you know, nice big citrusy piney hop notes up front, you know, a little grapefruitiness in there, some uh, underlying resin and kind of garlicky dankness in there. Beautiful hop character, just right up front, right where you want it for this beer, you know, almost imperial ipa like in in hop intensity but you know it's welcome it's <laughs> it's a hop oriented beer um l- you know low supporting kind of clean and bready malt with light hints of caramel and the aroma to me the, the the caramel came through more in the flavor and uh but uh i'll get to that uh you know the appearance yeah nice kind of orangey amber color or light amber or yeah well yeah not not even amber, I guess. Yeah, kind of orange, <laughs> more orange than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's kind yeah. of orangey, like a little uh, darker orange or darker yeah, golden, you know, deep gold kind of. I guess. Um, and low, off white head that stuck around pretty well. Uh, and, well, the, the last pour I got it, we had a, a big a, a big off white head <laughs> shooting up there, but this one stuck around pretty pretty well. So uh, sometimes the hops will do that for you um and there's a lot of hops in here it was all, yeah just a hint of haze like lee said um you know some clean alcohol apparent in there in the in the flavor you know the hop bitterness is just i think right where you want it just kind of medium high balancing the the malt not harsh or biting really smooth um, you know most of the same kind of hop characters you got in the nose very fresh tasting hops um you know a little like i said a little bit more of a bold carameliness in the in the flavor than in the aroma yeah i well, got that too it wasn't yeah. distracting it gave nice balance to it and actually you know i kind of like a nice malty uh ipa a lot of times you have beers like sierra nevada celebration ale that's considered you know a classic example of a, a, an american ipa and sometimes people forget that and think just the lighter ones are you know all you need but <laughs> just let the hop shine through and nothing else but you know it, the the malt has some complexity we were also talking about how it might had kind of, you know, more than just some caramelly characters, some toasty and light kind of maybe y like characters in there or something, but um well, we remain to look at your recipe. Um, the finish I thought, you know, could be just a touch drier, but that's just a fine point. It was it finished, you know, kind of medium medium dry, kind of medium dry. Um yeah, the body was, you know, medium to medium light, bit of alcohol warmth coming through, nothing offensive. Just smooth alcohol warmth and you can have that in this beer um a little, little hop drive astringency in there not really distracting uh you can get a little bit of that too in a, a beer with this many hops in it <laughs> um you know light creaminess carbonation was pretty high um you know maybe just a tiny hint of carbonic bite but not not bad not anything distracting i'm just making f- some fine notes here <laughs> um but yeah pretty clean american ipa overall with uh, a lot going for it. really nice like i I call an ipa and a half and to find out that you made this on the east coast this is a big west coast (laughs) ipa brother
1: (laughs) yeah what what are you doing man well you know i travel a lot so uh you know i get out and drink a lot of lagunitas and uh yeah the the rain you know new belgian stuff's great yeah
3: that'll do it i gave this one a 38 nice beer uh, Brian, well, thank you. you'd mentioned uh, a little hop astringency. What is that? Uh, can you kind of describe what that
5: is? In the mouth, you know, it has kind of a uh, a little bit of a tannic sensation. There's a lot of uh, polyphenols and hop material, and if you with a beer with this much hop in it, it has that kind of tannic, uh, uh, you know, presence. Uh, some astringent character kind of bites your tongue a little bit that way, but mm. uh, like chewing on grape skins, kind of a sensation, but not in this one it's just a light hint of that not not anything really offensive or like
3: wow that's astringent but you know how, how would you yeah. get rid of that or is it is it acceptable to have and, and well I, you know one of my different. suggestions
5: in the in the feedback would be if you could you know i don't know what what hop was used for bittering you could use um a higher alpha hop to to bitter with and um you know using less less hop material overall in there to to do that or you know
1: Okay. Well, yeah. I, I bittered with a warrior, um, and the other yeah. thing somebody mentioned that might help with that, and I don't know if you guys agree, but uh, it sat in the secondary for 14 days, and somebody told us that, well, maybe a little shorter time in the secondary might help that. Do you guys agree?
5: I think, yeah. I was going to just say, too, pulling it off the hot material in the in the fermenter might help your case a little bit, too. You could probably extract a little bit more tannins in uh, in that way, too, but... Hop just okay. hop plant matter in there, you know. It kind of comes across like green, but it wasn't really big grassiness. It was just you know pleasant, nice, nice dry hopped character and good stuff.
1: Scott, do you want to go through your recipe for us? Uh, sure. If you um, for the grains, I got uh, eleven pounds of uh, two row pale ale, five um, a pound of Munich, and a pound of caramel. Um, so that covers the grains. Um, as far as the hops, I bitter with a warrior. Um, and the other, during the boil, I'm running um, Amarillo and Simcoe. Um, and then when I dry hop, um, I go with an Amarillo, a Simcoe, a Chinook, and a Citra. And that's about it.
3: What kind of caramel? Uh, what love about uh, it? It was
1: Citra? Caramel 40. Uh, two-row car- Caramel 40. It was okay. actually Breeze, two-row Caramel 40.
5: Pretty solid, yeah. Those those malts are mm. pairing well together. Uh, I, you know, you could, um, you, you have a good level of complexity in there. You could try backing off one or the other. Um, I don't think the Munich's coming through too too strongly that I would say to back it off a lot. Yeah, but I was getting a little toasty in here, but not could, too bad. Yeah.
4: The, yeah, the caramel I think is the one I would back the crystal malt if you were going to back off on one of them.
3: Okay, I agree. I kind of got like a, a almost a honey vibe off of the beer and maybe may because it was that pound of cursed uh caramel was this a five gallon batch scott yes it was yeah it was five gallon cool Is a pound a little too much in, in an ipa like this i don't think so you could you can use a pound but you've got a lot of with
5: the with the munich in combination whether you might want to work to balance that you know
4: um, yeah it's two pounds uh, of specialty malt out of about 13 so you're talking about 15 18 percent Specialty malt—that's that that might be a little high. I mean, the Munich Mm -hmm. isn't going to be so sweet and pushy and flavor-wise as the crystal malt is, but in combination, the two of them might be just a bit much. But But, okay, oh good, go ahead. No, no. no.
3: Um, I I think it sounds like Scott. You were trying to go for the Lagunitas IPA.
1: Yeah, something along that lines is is what we were you know shooting for. My buddy and I, and uh, yeah, we're just huge fans of West Coast style IPAs. So uh, you know, anything along that line was what we were looking at.
3: And doesn't use kind of have a kind of those darker malts in there, like a caramel or
1: something? Munich, I think. And... Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the hop. Stupid, <laughs> you know. Cool. It's uh, you know any of their you know IPAs. I'm a fan of. So, uh, right. did you guys have anything extra to, to say? Well, to this scatch?
4: came in third out of you said was it 206
1: IPAs? Well, no, there was actually 30 IPAs. Okay, um, the one that took first was an imperial uh and the second place finisher was another just american ipa like this one um so i ended up third out of 30
4: right No, right. it's a good beer i mean i could see this this taking a better prize on another day you know it's it's there's all sorts of things that go on to a comp sometimes and it can cause a three-point difference and that's it you know which comes yeah. out first when the judges pellets are fatigued at the end the beer comes out you know temperature, Yeah, unfortunately i
1: haven't I haven't been home since um, this this uh, I haven't been home since the uh, uh, competition went out, and I have the tasting notes waiting at home, but I just haven't been able to get to them. Uh,
5: uh, so, yeah, and yeah. also timing your beer for when it's hitting its prime, you know, um, for when when the competition's going to be. If you're really planning it like that, you can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it it's it might be hitting its prime a little more now than even when it was then. I don't know, but you know, sometimes when it's first first out, it could be a little grassier, a little more intense than the hops will kind of mellow out and things will kind of uh meld a little better uh after a few weeks in the the keg or the, or the bottles uh it was mm-hmm. keg conditioned or
1: i uh, know it wasn't this was all bottle condition- okay. conditioned hmm. i didn't even check
4: no <laughs> yep. no that was a damn nice ipa thanks for sending it on
1: oh well, i'm happy all the guys liked it yep. yeah for yep. sure uh
4: do you have any questions for the guys scott
1: you know, I guess the only question I had is—is—is is, is I wanted to start, you know, working on some session IPs. Do you guys have any recommendations on um, keeping the, you know, the hop flavor? But when I introduce them in the boil, you know, a lot of times we're just kind of stabbing at the dark. You know, we we know that bittering is first, but towards the end is is more flavor. But is there a time that you guys think you get the most hot flavor? You know, are we looking at ten minutes or five minutes or even zero? Um, You know, when when you're dealing with the boil?
4: Well, there's a a lot that can be said about that. It's interesting. I just saw somebody give a presentation on that, actually a panel of people. And there's this kind of, you know, the things I've seen and from all the sort of session IPA, session pale ale type beers I've had in the last year or so, uh, which Mm -hmm. are getting pretty popular out here. Um, A few key things to keep in mind. One, don't let the body get too light. You know, you don't want to make a hop tea. So they're actually a bigger percentage of something like your caramel malt, your crystal malt, your Munich malt to help keep the body up. Maybe put in a little wheat. Maybe raise your mash temperature up higher than you would for a regular IPA because you want to keep that body up so it doesn't just get to be thin and bitter. Okay. As far as the bittering, um, another strategy people like a lot for these things is go, really go the late hop route. You know, just mm-hmm. a little bit of hops, even none for some people for your 60 minutes. And just start throwing wads of it in in the last 10 or 15 minutes at the last five minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, flavor, usually I like later better for me, but, you know, you don't always get as much, so that may or may not right. work as well for you. Yeah, I mean, it depends your, on the hop a lot. Your too.
5: 15 minute edition or your, a 30 minute edition could be your bittering hop there, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, if for, a, for a lighter beer. I mean, this is probably in, you know, 6.5% territory. If you're down in 4.5%, though, like said, yeah, don't, yeah, keep the, you know, keep a little more malt and a little, you know, maybe uh, you know, mash at a slightly higher temperature, leave some body in there and some, some sugars in there to kind of balance with everything else that's going on or it's just going to come across too too dry and too, um, yeah, just only hops. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I've tasted some really good, you know, 4, 4.5% four beers with, with this kind of a hop character. Um, and there's some good breweries. I mean, Altamont does kind of a left-coast session, uh the pale that's that's really happy like this and just a nice beer and there's some other really nice ones out there so play around
3: okay definitely will thank you all right scott thanks man i appreciate you sending your beer all the way over from uh from the beast coast over there man oh and try uh, <laughs> uh whirlpooling, <laughs> whirlpooling your hops might be fun too
1: ah uh, okay do you have any recommendations of whirlpooling when using an immersion chiller like uh, just a technique there yeah, if you if
5: you're you know if you're running yeah. it in a kettle just run it out the bottom and run it in, in tangentially through a pump and uh you know get the get the flow going uh and okay. you just get it circling around in there and then also a lot of the hot matter will pile up in the middle and it'll you know it'll be easier for you to deal with getting out of the kettle so
3: I have a, a copper arm on mine um, on my immersion chiller that runs down the neck and it kind of comes out at a ninety degree uh or probably a forty five so I I recirculate through my pump and it you know comes out of the kettle through the pump into the arm and back into the kettle and it just kind of pushes around the side and it 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 doesn't necessarily cone for me but I might be too impatient but it does cool real fast and and that is my that's how I replicate a whirlpool so yeah it's a pretty easy fix or just okay.
5: stir it really fast <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay I can do that
3: All right Scott thanks man I appreciate it bud Th- Thank you guys bye bye right. Thanks yeah uh, I did have a question from the chat come through. Neckbeard beer uh says that hop material tannic flavor, if you filter with a seven micron filter, would that fix it? Can you get rid of that fil- that flavor? I'm
5: not sure what p- the particle size is on most of those polyphenols. I would suspect they're you know they're they're probably smaller than that. I know that, that uh you know filtering in general does reduce your hop character and uh you know you're gonna want to bump up your uh, hop additions um, across the board when you're when you're filtering like that, but yeah specifically on the on the the tannic component i don't know that it takes out that much. what do you think lee
4: i don't know to be honest i don't know yeah I, I mean filtration will take out a, a fair amount of hop character if you 're not careful, you'll take out too much. You end up right where you said uh, too much um, yeah i don't really need to have a good answer for that one if you have seven a seven beer... micron is i would an eight micron be better. <laughs> Yeah,
5: that, you know, that comes out kind of tannic, and you could try it and you know it might it might get you right to where you want to be uh after secondary,
3: you know. So give it a shot, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Let us know, neckbeard brewer. Uh all right, it's Dr. Homebrew. We are coming up on a break. When we come back, we're gonna have Michael Heath with a very interesting beer, a double IPA brag it. Stick with us, it's Doctor Homebrew.
0: Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? HomebrewStuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit HomebrewStuff.com com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com. The Examination.
3: Thanks for sticking around. It's Dr. Homebrew. Fixing my stupid microphone here. On the phone, we should have uh, Mr. Mike Heath. Mike, are you with us?
2: Yep, I'm
3: here. All right. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for sending the beer. No phone. Um, uh, so uh tell me a little bit about yourself, Mike. How long have you been homebrewing? Uh about three years now.
2: Um friend started me going around Christmas time, he bought a kit, we started going and got hooked to it. So I'm up to brewing like a batch a week right now. Oh wow. Doing <laughs> small doing smaller batches, but what size? one gallon at a time, one doing a gallon. batch a week. Just trying to dig my way through everything right now.
3: That's cool. You're doing uh extract or all grain that way? All grain. All grain, all grain with a gallon our, of a time. That's crazy. bag on a stove top. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, uh, okay, tell me about this uh, this braggot that you made. What were your thoughts behind this one?
2: Uh, basically, um, I actually work at a meatery, and we were making a batch of meat about the time that Bell's Top's their Honey IPA came out, and started thinking that there wasn't a whole lot of honey flavor in it, and Trying to figure out a way to do a double IPA that was had a whole lot of honey paper in there, so this came out of it.
3: Okay, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just taking a, a sip now, uh, Brian. You want to start off with the uh, the double IPA braggit? Ooh,
5: yeah. It's a, There's a lot of hops right up front there. We also, we liked the uh, electrical tape around the cap there. That was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, it took us a while to get into it, but, uh, you know, the, the anticipation. Had a couple of caps pop off in shipping, so uh, really, okay, guarantee there. A little safety, uh, safety uh, stop there. Nice. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, you know, big kind of uh, pineapple and what I would call kind of a Cat boxy kind of hop hop hops seem to dominate the nose in there, uh, you know, like a just a Simcoey kind of uh, cattiness, but um, you know, pretty bright and fresh smelling hops, but just a a bit off putting as it was like just really balanced to that one side, and you know, some people really like those kinds of hops and. Uh, you know, and it works in, in certain beers and maybe balance with other hops, but, you know, the malt was kind of low and bready, just a touch of a caramel, you know, some some perfumy esters coming through, kind of a medium perfuminess to it. Um, you know, I was searching for uh, much h- honey character in there. As it warmed up, I got kind of a, a floral, uh, indistinct floral kind of honey character. Um, there was no varietal declared to us as the judges, and I don't know if that's JP's fault as the host.
3: Whoa, whoa. Or it probably is. I didn't gather enough information. it wasn't
5: declared, but uh, usually in a competition, you would, you know, well, always in a competition, you would need to declare the, the varietal of honey, I guess, or you would want to, if you want the judges to uh, pick that up, so. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, the appearance was an orangey, uh, kind of deep gold color. When I was downstairs, I couldn't see my finger through it. it's pretty hazy, but up here... I'm looking at the lights in the uh, lower room here, I can see my finger finally, but it, it's pretty hazy um
3: It's probably the elevation
5: it's kind of a low off white uh head stuck around pretty well, and mostly pine bubbles kind of around the top of the glass just kind of a nice cap of foam in there that stuck around um so you know, appearance wise okay a little hazy I uh, took a down point for that but um yeah, and the flavor yeah, the bitterness was pretty substantial I... Uh, just to the point, you know, it was almost pushing over the balance with the malt, uh, you know, and there's some definite, definite, uh, alcohol in here, uh, some higher alcohols, um, finished kind of medium, uh, not, not dry, uh, you'd, for the style, you'd want it maybe a little drier, but, uh, you know, a big, big bitterness in the aftertaste kind of sticking through, the malt's pretty hidden, it was, you know, I got a little bready and carameliness in there, but, uh the hops are just burying everything else and as well as the honey character again just kind of a indistinct maybe maybe florally kind of thing um feel like i got a little bit of kind of some solventy notes in there um <clears throat> you know mouthfeel feel wise medium full bodied uh you know pretty big for imperial ipa you want want the body to be a little lighter so it it's more the drinkability factor is so crucial to that beer that if you're making it you know even with a braggart you still want the characteristics of the beer to to shine through um and have it kind of match the style profile and be in balance with the honey you're just always seeking balance um carbonation was pretty high and and was you know a lot of hop astringency in in this too uh you know not really creamy but just hot and the you know the mouth feel there was a little bit of heat and kind of burning combined with the the high carbon dioxide it was a, a lot on the on the uh, palate there but uh, so yeah i mean not a not I, as much as i'm saying about it it's, you know it's not a awful beer it's, it's kind of a middle of the road imperial ipa uh a little too sweet and maybe too big big bodied for the style uh if you backed off the bittering hops on this and maybe even you know some of the aroma hops, and maybe try switching up some of the hops in there, uh, and some of the honey would would shine through a little better. And I don't know what your impression of it is. I'll let, we'll let you um, talk about it later too. But uh, um, you know you you want to fix that uh, the alcoholic uh, stuff by well, do you control your fermentation temp first of all? To ask that, uh, it was about sixty five. So
2: 65. probably a little a little on the one side for that, what I was trying to get, but.
5: That should be After fine. Bed. You just basically want to take care of your yeast. Sixty-five should be fine, and if you pitch a big, healthy dose of yeast and and you know keep it happy, maybe add a little nutrient because there's honey in here. Um, you know, uh, do some maybe staggered nutrient addition if there's a lot of honey to keep that happy, and and uh, you know find ways to get it to dry out a little more, maybe more attenuative yeast or you know um, try uh, lowering the mash temp a bit more if you haven't already. But yeah or add some sugars with the honey to dry it out a little bit more. And that might bring it more to style, I think. But, you know, it's a pretty good beer. I give it a, a 24, kind of middle-of-the-road score. But, uh, yeah, Very drinkable, good.
3: Right. Um, Lee, before you start, sorry, should we talk about what a braggot is first? Uh, I think that should be the smart thing, because I don't really... It's a, it's a mead and, and beer mix, right? But what makes it two-style?
5: Well, yeah, bragg is you know a combination. It's a it's a, a beer made with honey or a mead way, made with <laughs> beer ingredients. So either way you want to look at it, but um, you know it, it should have characteristics of each. It's in the mead category. It's 26B in the guidelines, and uh, so so, so the- there's a wide a wide uh, latitude allowed for the uh, for what it could be. I mean, it could be. A, Just a beer supplemented with enough honey that you get some of that honey character. But if you enter it as a braggot, you should definitely, you know, uh, have have a lot of honey character, enough honey character coming through that is noticeable and in balance with the beer. Which for a beer like this, I admit this is a this is a challenge, you know. And we, you know, like JP was talking about when when he wondered whether we should accept it or not. It was, you know, the style uh, is a style that is inherently hard to balance with. So, you know, um, it would it. This one probably would take some fine tuning to get it right, and if you back off too much of the hops or something, you might, you know, then it would be hostile for the IPA side of it. But uh, right now the IPA is just dominating it, and you know the hop choices are uh, interesting and, and maybe clashing a little bit. You you kind of work on the finessing the balance and getting the, getting the hops right that play nicely with whatever honey varietal you're having. If you have a really floral honey, you might want to use a different kind of hops, like an earthy hop or a uh, well. If it's an American IPA, you, you, you know you might try a Something kind of resiny or or dank or something interesting blended with the a, a citrusy kind of floral honey, you know. But yeah, playing around with blending different flavors to see what works best is is kind of how it goes.
4: <laughs> All right, yeah. Lee. So, so I would start with a question for you, Michael. The the beer that you said you'd had that was kind of like this. That, was it a Bell's Honey IPA? Yeah, that
2: that Bell's Hop Slam. It's their um, Imperial IPA release about February. It's a They call it a honey double IPA.
4: Okay, yeah, Yeah. I haven't had that. Can you... uh, You obviously have. Can you actually pick up the honey flavor in that?
2: Uh, It's very light. Um, There's kind of disputes about whether it's actually honey or if it's just a lot of honey malt trying to get that flavor
4: in there. Uh Uh-huh. So... Okay, interesting, yeah. So I I would almost echo Brian's concerns. So with a beer like this, with a braggot, it's supposed to be a beer-mead hybrid, and you should, you know, if you're going to go by BJCP... You should be able to pick up characteristics of both. We so should be able to pick up honey flavor, or honey aroma in there. And it's an interesting question: Can you get enough of that in there to balance out the hop intensity of a double IPA, which is a really strong, pungent flavored and yeah. aromatized beer? And this one in particular, your hop choices are really intense. I mean, this 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 is like wow, rip your head off kind of intensity here. Just dank and oniony and diesel-y and just in your face. It's pretty good, actually, on that point. If you like that kind of hop, this is a good example of the kind of aromas you're looking for there. But it's going to be a tough call to try and get through to the honey behind it. I, I really couldn't find the honey in the aroma. I mean, all those hops were there. I could just pick up a little bit of malt and some tropical fruit, pineapple, which is probably coming from the hops again. Um, but but getting getting through to the honey just just I couldn't find it really. Um, it looked pretty nice. Had a big, big head. It persists. No persistent foam. Dark gold. It was a little bit hazy. The bottle up here. I, we opened a second bottle for the for the studio. It's a little little, little clearer this time. So maybe that was just the uh, yeast getting roused up. Uh, the flavor is pretty much like the nose. This big onion, oniony, piney, hot flavor dominated everything. I could pick up a little bit of a lemon, flowery kind of hint underneath, and maybe that was some of the honey coming through. It's hard to say. You know, the they could come off the hops just as well. A uh, little bit of base malt seemed a little bit in the sweet side, but it was pretty clean for the most part. Although I thought I was picking up a little bit of acid aldehyde in there, which is sort of a a green beer, not complete ferment kind of a flavor. Um, I'll talk a little bit about more about that in a second. Um, body was pretty good. Carbonation was pretty high. Um, the alcohol was strong. Um, maybe getting a bit past warming and into downright being a little hot. Um, so it might uh, be another sign of some stress yeast there, um, but it's nicely creamy beer, and it looked very nice. Um, it's interesting, you know. And it, all in all, it's a very interesting beer. Um, it's just not clear to me that that ta- the chore you set yourself to do is an easy one to do. How to get enough honey flavor and aroma in there to have it poke through against all this hop intensity. You just
3: kind of want it to peek through, I imagine, right? Just just a little hint of it that you don't want it to be overbearingly honey, right?
4: Yeah, and I'm not sure we quite even got that, but um, maybe a little bit in the flavor. Um, the, the little bit of acetaldehyde and the solventy made me think the yeast might have been pushed a little too far in this beer. Uh, both those things will happen if the yeast, maybe if it's a low pitch rate or they're not too healthy. I've noticed in a few honey beers I've made myself that the yeast tends to go a little slower and a little less happily than you would think. So if you're going to do the, a beer like this, again, you might want to put, make sure it's got some yeast nutrient. Maybe put a little higher pitch in there um, just to make sure you got the yeast to finish it all out properly. Um, and that, you know, that between the solvency and the, the salty touch and the osteoaldehyde is kind of my guess as to what might have been going on with the ferment here. Other than that, it's just, just you know, how do you get the honey to show through with this, this, this big... Um, Blast of hops that are here. I'm not sure how that would work. All in all, it wasn't bad. I think if you wanted to enter in the comp, I would not mention the word honey. I put it in as a straight huh. double IPA because hmm. no one's going to pick it up. Right. So that that's my two cents. And, and you know, for people who like the big pungent hop uh, double IPAs, actually, I think people would like this a lot.
3: Yeah, I think. Have you have you ever made a double IPA, Mike? Uh, yeah, I've had a few
2: that I've
3: done, um, yeah. this is by far the most extreme I've done, but <laughs> I kind of went a little overboard just kind of. I do like the flavor, yeah, I do like the flavor of it, uh, in the hop flavor, uh, you know, as the double IPA, it is very hop pellety and, and uh, and you know, kind of this resin quality to it that I, you know, I don't really like that style of beer normally, but it I think it'd be a good beer on its own
5: with a one gallon batch too if you shake in two or three extra pellets you, you accidentally throw
3: your whole hot balance off <laughs> that's all it's i saying. suppose so right yes whoops yeah uh do you happen to have your your recipe for this mike
2: yeah
3: going to um, run through it
2: like it's a it's a one gallon batch so the amounts are going to seem a little small compared to everything else but <laughs> uh it was two pounds of pale uh, a quarter pound of crystal 40 a quarter pound of carapels and then a pound and a half of orange blossom honey. That actually made up about 50% of the gravity. Yeah. And then for hops, I have a Simcoe Centennial, half an ounce of each at 60. And then a quarter ounce of Simcoe Galaxy at 10, uh, zero, and dry hop.
4: You know what? If you were to enter this in a comp, so first first by the what the they'll ask you, you should specify the honey you put in um you should definitely say orange blossom honey because having heard you say that actually that makes a difference really because yeah. I can pick up some of that citrus oil I mean I just figured I was part of the hops I was looking for sort of clovery sort of honey aroma since I didn't know anything else but you know that orange oil citrusy thing that you can get out of mm. the honey the the orange blossom honey it just blends right in with these hops yeah you can i got i
5: got a a floral essence in there and and if forced to guess you know yeah uh orange blossom might have been one of the top guesses for that it's not not very you know clover honey like or you know buckwheat or anything funky it's just it's florally and you know and with with all those hops going on it it kind of it shines through with those hops and you can kind of smell it with them but uh yeah it's hard to pick out sometimes what what it exactly is and especially if you if you don't declare it so you know, I apologize you probably you, maybe you did declare it when sending to JP but we'll I would say to anyone uh, sending a beer on this show just look at the BGCP guidelines and look for what's required of that of that style and you know specify everything that's required and say hey JP i'm nuts yeah you <laughs> hey, tell the judges what's in this
4: yeah yeah and actually I, i'd have to say now knowing that that's the orange oil and that's that wasn't just the citrus component of the hops uh-huh. I, I would have to rate this beer a little higher than i did before because okay. it is show it there is some honey showing through what would you give it oh i do deal with that thrown on maybe um i don't know 33 34 oh, wow. I, I was at a 28 before but no mostly because that's a big difference you, yeah well yeah. you you did Hit what you were shooting for. We just couldn't tell without the the specific cue.
3: Ah, uh, okay. Don't. Sorry. Ah. What about you, Brian? Do you agree with Lee? Would you I, Would you go up that much? I do agree. I yeah. think
5: that that does change the game a little bit. Um, Mike has been redeemed. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I you know. I would suggest playing with this still. And I don't know what what kind of feedback were you looking for, Mike? Were you Were you looking to improve it? Were you really pretty ha- happy? With, or I mean, what do you What did you want to get out of this uh, show?
2: Uh, basically it was one of those, if I were to enter it, it was one of those, do I throw it in with the rest of the IPAs and double IPAs and kind of get lost in the muck, or do I go to Braggit and have something completely different than every other Braggit entered, or would I go specialty, or yeah, kind of, where would it go, and anything I can do to improve it, I'll take that advice wholeheartedly.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with Lee's revised advice that would be to, you know, put in a Braggit and, and declare it with the varietal, and... Uh, you know, see where it falls, but uh, if you have a way of, if you had a way of re-brewing the same one and, and drying it out a little bit more and maybe playing with the hops, adding some some different kinds of hops to see what, what plays nicely with the honey and, um, you know, I think just pulling back some of that sweetness and, and you know, pull, even pulling back the aroma hops a little bit, will let that honey shine through a little more and, and just using different varieties, so.
4: Yeah, those
2: super dank hops are no real fast here. Um yeah. it started at ten ninety and it finished at ten oh eight.
5: Oh wow. Wow, okay.
2: Well it <laughs> finished. Well. Yes, that, you know, honey
4: explains the alcohol. It,
2: yeah. It did uh I did mash it a little high trying to keep a little bit of sweetness in it. Yeah. To sort of remind you that there's actually honey in it. But so yeah. maybe I could drop the mash temp down a little bit and
5: Sometimes these beers with a lot going on have the impression of sweetness and it fools me and I'm just so surprised when I hear about beers, what, this was 1008? <laughs> Am I an awful judge?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd dr- maybe drop the mash temperature down. I-, I would focus more on making sure the yeast is doing its job right. So bigger pitch, a little cooler ferment temperature, good nutrient dose, maybe a second dose because this is a big beer and you're asking a lot with all this honey in here just to make sure it does its job right. Or you can
5: even make a nice uh, dry mead and make a you know a separate imperial IPA and then uh, work at blending them and and let them uh, kind of balance out with each other and play with um, you know the amounts of each and see you know where you find the right balance where you get the honey that you want coming through with still having the the right beer style there but I think braggets work better with maltier maltier styles personally but uh, yeah you you could make the perfect you know fifty point imperial IPA bracket. Uh, I don't know it would be very hard but you could it could happen it's possible theory,
3: maybe. I'm sure right yeah Mike do you have any questions for these guys
2: uh no I actually uh, think I'm pretty good
3: okay cool well hey thanks for for you know first of all trying that style but uh, sending it in
2: yeah, thanks oh, yeah, for
3: no yeah glad to get some feedback on it cool thanks man appreciate it cheers
2: no
4: alright cheers
3: bye pretty cool huh right on yeah
4: yeah no i'm glad we actually talked you into giving us that beer yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. was, that, was, that was, yeah. was very interesting i love experimental things like that that was, it was. cool
3: yeah it was very cool
4: Scott, got to tell us what's in it if it's going to be an experiment
3: and that is true all right we're up against the break when we come back we're going to wrap up and um then we're out of here it's dr homebrew back after this That's right, it is Dr. Homebrew, and we are back. Both of those things that you just heard are actually accurate and true. Coming off a whirlwind IPA show, which, as you know, is my favorite thing to do. Uh, overall, good beers, I think, right? Yeah. This is our, our breakdown segment where we kind of uh, just give a brief recap of the beers. We had Scott up with his just straight IPA, I suppose, and... Um, now a couple of comments you guys had. It was a little hazy, but not much. A lot of them was was picking nits. I think is what what Lee was saying. It's a little haze. It could be a little bit drier, um, but overall that was really. It wasn't it was much a good beer. to do, right? There, there
4: wasn't a whole lot to to really say easily to improve it. Yeah, a little less sweet, a little less caramel, a little clearer. That'd mm. be a killer beer. Mm. It was very nice as it was. Lee said back off the uh, the caramel a little bit. I
5: would I would personally back off the Munich a little bit myself, but. I, you know, I like the beer. The malt complexity added something. I wouldn't just take away either one of those. They're they're playing nicely together.
3: Yeah, Lagunitas, they have a Jeremy over there likes to to blend malts in their new Dogtown Pale. He has five malts in in his pale ale. Wow. It's insane. Dogtown's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. So, um yeah, maybe it's just a combination of those malts and different varieties or maybe another one, who knows. If you're trying to clone Lagunitas though, I have, I have no idea um so yeah that's pretty good scott you you know you had a good ipa man and um it sounds like there's not a whole lot to do to kind of push it to the next level uh then we had mike our good friend mike who just got a phone with his double ipa braggot and uh there were a little more uh, comments about that because i think it was just such a complex style i've never i don't think i have really had a braggot um but again there was a little haze issue there um uh, what did you guys say? A uh, little too big bodied. Maybe back off the hopping. Change the hops a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, well. It, it obviously had a pretty high starting
5: gravity there, and yeah, it's ten ninety. I think it was. You know, you could you could start a little lower and still have a pretty good uh, pretty good bracket. I think, and maybe yeah. balance a little bit. I mean,
4: for me, it's mostly, it's supposed to be, it's a hybrid of beer and mead, and you've got to get a balance where both those things come through. And the mead really just didn't come through that much. I mean, it didn't, and you need to let the judges know what kind of mead it is, too, uh, so they can pick up on it. I mean, when you have the opportunity to write something in the special ingredients, definitely take advantage of it. Because in a style like this, the judges are looking for it, and they'll totally key us in on what to look for. Um, but that being said, you no, know, once we knew what kind of honey was in there, and can could pick up on it a bit. I think it was. It's really tough to balance something that's kind of delicate like a honey against a <laughs> uber pungent selection of hops that like was <laughs> yeah. in that beer. It was it was in your face. Yeah,
3: those were crazy. It was good hop aroma and flavor. Mm-hmm.
4: And it, it was just it was just rip your sinuses out though. I mean, it was really intense. So it's it's if you want to hit that balance, you might have to refigure how you want to. Handle the hop aromas and the flavors to make mm-hmm. them more complementary to the the mead side of the equation.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you wanted mm-hmm.
4: to come across as being a braggart, otherwise it's just a double IPA with a little bit of orange blossom honey aroma in it that you might not even separate out from the rest of the hops if you didn't know it was, if you weren't told it was there. Okay,
5: yeah, yeah, there were some bold hop choices there, and they were they were definitely in your face. And I'm not, you know, I've tasted plenty of orange blossom meads, but I have not tasted them with that intense uh, of an I, uh, you know, IPA hop. Blended with it, so yeah, interesting beer. It's yeah, interesting.
3: Braggot. I, I thought so too. It, would, uh, yeah, it was very, very interesting, and uh, and uh, I'm glad that you guys talked me into doing that because uh, otherwise I would have been like, wow, that's insane. You guys are crazy. Why would I want it's to drink insane. that?
4: But it's downright enlightening. <laughs> that's true. There you go. Yep.
3: That's true. Well, this is another episode of Doctor Homebrew in the bag. As as we don't say in the radio industry, I just. I decided to pull that out of nowhere. Uh, thank you to my co-hosts, as always, Lee and Brian, for coming in, and for Scott and Mike for sending beers. That is a key component to this uh, radio show, folks. Mm-hmm. If we don't have beers, then we just sit and look at each other for an hour. And uh, uh, that's not bad, uh, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> if you want to be a guest on Dr. Homebrew, email me at jp at the brewing network. Com for more info. We're a little booked up now for the next couple of months, but uh, check in if you want, if you're planning to brew something around August, September, October. Uh, that would be ideal. So shoot me an email and uh, I'll send you details eventually as soon as I stop taking naps on my couch during the day. Uh, this has been Dr. Homebrew. Until next time, see ya.